The word of the Lord from John chapter 11. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out his hands and feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, What are we to do? For this man performs many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord, but being the high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but also to gather into one the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day, they made plans to put him to death. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Amen. Lazarus has been dead and buried four days when Jesus arrives in Bethany. He and the disciples are hardly the first on scene. For many of the Jews have come from Jerusalem to console Martha and Mary, which may mean that Lazarus was a very important man. But now Lazarus is gone. And while Jesus has raised the dead before, that was within hours of their passing. Everyone pretty much agrees that four days is far too long. Mary and Martha appear to grieve in different ways, and surely there is no one right way to mourn. True to character, Mary remains sitting quietly in the house when Jesus arrives, while Martha goes outside to meet him. She is as straightforward as always and says to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Now that's a fascinating confession of faith, sort of. If you had been here, my brother would not have died, she says. And that's a declaration that Jesus is able to work miracles, but also a statement that he didn't this time around. If you had been here, but you weren't here, and now he's dead. It might be critical, or it might just be a sad statement of fact. It probably would be critical if Martha knew the backstory. See, it is no accident that Jesus arrives when he does. He could have arrived sooner, but he stayed where he was for two days after hearing Lazarus was ill. Jesus waited on purpose. When his disciples asked him about this, he told them, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Jesus has delayed his arrival and allowed Lazarus to die so that his disciples might believe. Martha, too. Now Martha has gone on to say, But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. So on the bright side, Martha believes that God could even still raise Lazarus from the dead if he wants to. On the not-so-bright side, she doesn't appear to believe that Jesus is God in the flesh. Like many others, she's willing to grant that he's a prophet and a mighty man of God through whom God has worked some amazing wonders. But the idea that Jesus, the man, is also fully God, well, that's more than she's willing to grant. Jesus says to Martha, your brother will rise again, and she responds, I know. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. She's got so many of the puzzle pieces. She knows there's a last day. She knows there's a resurrection. She knows that it's God who will do the raising. And she even knows that Jesus has something to do with the whole thing. She's close. But as long as she thinks Jesus is just God's man, but not the God man, she's not close enough because she's still saying that Jesus isn't God. If he isn't God, he can't die for the sins of the world. 
It's time for Jesus to fill in the gap, and he does so with this resounding declaration. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I am, he begins. And it's one of those I am statements of John. The same almighty God who said I am to Moses at the burning bush is now in the flesh and saying I am to Martha. The same Yahweh who called Israel forth out of Egypt is about to do one better. He is about to call Lazarus forth from the bondage of death and grave. I am the resurrection and the life, says Jesus. Martha said that her brother would rise at the resurrection on the last day, but the last day doesn't raise anybody from the dead. The day isn't the resurrection and the life. Jesus is. And if Jesus wants to raise Lazarus from the dead that very day, rather than waiting until the end, then Jesus can raise Lazarus that very day. Jesus goes on to declare, Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. It might sound at first that Jesus is contradicting himself, but you and I face two different deaths, and he's talking about both. The first death is the separation of the spirit from the body when the heart stops pumping and the brain quits working. This might also be called the little death or the interrupting death, because for the Christian, recovery is on the way. That's what the resurrection on the last day is all about, when the body is raised up and rejoined to the spirit. That resurrection is why we live in hope, because this death for the Christian is only temporary. Even so, that first death, the death of the body, is terrifying enough that it causes all the world to live in fear, and it dictates our lives far more than we wish. The second death? That's far worse. It is a separation of the person, body, and spirit from God forever. I'm not sure that we can even comprehend that one very well at all. People try to patch together various images from the Bible to figure out what it's like, but I prefer the observation of a scholar I read a while back. We don't really know what it would be like, and the point is, we don't want to find out firsthand. Back to Jesus' words then. When he says, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live, he's talking about the first death, the little one. Though believers' bodies might fail and quit, even though they die, Christ will raise them from the dead. Though they die, they will live. When he says, everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die, he's talking about the second death. Whoever believes in Jesus has Jesus, and whoever has Jesus can't be separated from God because Jesus is God. So Jesus declares that he is the resurrection and the life. And as he speaks, those words deliver grace and faith. 
When he asks Martha, do you believe this? Her faith has sharpened considerably, and she says, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Jesus doesn't just leave Martha with words. He has said that Lazarus' death would demonstrate the glory of God, and so he goes on and demonstrates. He proceeds to the tomb, commands the stone be rolled away, and he calls out in a loud voice to the corpse inside, Lazarus, come out. And that's all it takes. The man who is dead stumbles out of the cave, Stumbles not because he's half alive, but because his hands and feet and face are still wrapped up in the burial cloths. That awkward detail aside, Lazarus lives again. He lives not because it's the last day, because the last day is still coming and it's just a day at the end of time. No, Lazarus lives because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And Jesus is there at the tomb, speaking with the same voice that first created the heavens and the earth. Lazarus lives because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. But wonder at why the resurrection and the life is able to deliver Lazarus from the wages of sin. It's because Jesus pays those wages himself when he dies on the cross. Jesus certainly dies the first death, the separation of spirit from body. And just before he breathes his last, he prays, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. But before that, Jesus has endured the second death, the separation from God. That's the freight of his cry of dereliction on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In a mystery beyond our comprehension, God forsakes God, and so Jesus suffers hell on the cross before he commends his spirit to his Father once more. Jesus suffers the first and the second deaths, both wages of sin, on the cross. He can raise Lazarus from the first death because he himself is the only one to come back from the second. Now, if you're stuck with listening to this sermon rather than the chorus of angels and archangels above, that means that death still lies before you. As I've said many times before, death does a lot to direct your days in so many ways. It's why, for instance, you stopped at red lights on the way to church rather than risk an accident. It is far easier to die than it is to stay alive. That's a very troubling reality, even if we're only talking about the first death. And far worse is the second death, and that one haunts you too. You might be good at stopping for red lights, but you're not good at resisting temptation. And the more your conscience is weighed down with sin, the more the prospect of being God-forsaken for eternity is a terrifying thing. What I'm going to say sounds very simplistic, but hear me out. The best remedy to avoiding death is to stick with life. 
sounds very obvious because you're trying to do that already, but it's not your work of applying the brake at the intersection that's going to do the trick. Nothing you're doing can keep you from dying. Nothing you're doing can raise you from the dead. But the wondrous truth of the gospel is this. The same Jesus who went to the mouth of Lazarus' tomb, who called him back to life, that's the same Jesus who visits you in his word and his supper at this very service. The same Jesus who died the first and second deaths on the cross has joined you to his death and resurrection in your baptism. The only one who has come back from the second death gives you the credit for it so that you need never be forsaken by God. The one who descended into hell, preached to the spirits in prison, and then walked back out again has made the trip so that you never will. The one who rose from the dead on the third day promises that the death of your body is just asleep. And when you open your eyes again, it will be to see the kingdom of heaven and to see God in his glory forever. I am the resurrection and the life, says Jesus. So if you have him... You have the resurrection from the dead and the life everlasting. No matter your sins, repent of them and cling to him. For by his word and sacraments, Jesus has you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.